0: Hello friends, this is episode 6 of the Adult Film Podcast. Uh, In my personal opinion, I think it's the best one we've done so far. Before we get into it, um, I'm just going to give you a a quick little synopsis of of what we covered. Um, We had a couple glasses of wine and we just, we got loose, you know. We we talked about so many different things. Uh, But we started by uh, discussing Christian Petzold's A Fire. um, The performances in it, the actors in it. Um, And I think after that, we started to feel the effects of the wine, or at least... I was. Um, we had a very open, honest conversation about how young actors are approaching breaking into the industry and, and things that we did and how we saw meeting casting directors and coaches and, and agents and, you know, all that other fun stuff. I think I pitched Ryan on doing a play together at some point in there. Oh, also, I went to Ryan's class um, and I give my thoughts on this uh, an incredible experience of, of seeing Ryan on action like this. Um, I, we talked about a lot of other stuff, honestly, but I think um, I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, so yeah, let's get into the episode. Hey, Ryan, how are you doing? I'm
1: doing uh, just fine. Great. Great, 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 great. I love that for the both of us. Yeah, cheers Mm. for the third time. Mm, mm, mm.
0: This is the third time we've restarted this podcast, but hopefully that's not too much of an issue. So we watched um, a movie. watched
1: A Fire.
0: A Fire. Christian Petzold.
1: I love Christian Petzold. He's this awesome German filmmaker. I'm pulling up my...
0: My notes, dude. Uh, the film. day that I watched a fire,
1: I watched um, Transit the same day. Transit is really good too. Yes, it's uh, not as, uh, it's not as like romantic as I like. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I don't know what is it like. You think it's more plotty than it is romantic? No, the no. There's just, you know, it's kind of about like it's more of like a social film. Yes. Yes. Whereas, which he does in such a, in a very still beautiful, subtle way. And our dad, Franz Rogowski is in it and he's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, um, uh, a fire is much more, uh, it's kind of that kind of thing. I like that. It's, it's sort of like a, it just unfolds. I don't know what to say. Yes, it unfolds. Yes, a fire man. Have you watched any other
0: movies with the with the main actor
1: Thomas? No. Uh, interesting, because because the actress the actress Paula Beer, mm-hmm. he's made, she's in other Christian Petzold.
0: Yes, dude, and she's magnetic.
1: She's really gorgeous, and um, but it's it's more than being
0: gorgeous. Oh it's yeah. Like, oh, she's magnetic.
1: Yeah, she's uh, she's. Yeah, because in this film, she's like the sole feminine presence and all these men are kind of like going nuts about her, sort of, in, in one way or another. Um, mm-hmm. I really like in the film how the it's she starts at a distance mm-hmm. and then along with the main character, like we get more and more... Um, texture Mm -hmm. to her and I think that would be really interesting as an actor to do yeah yeah man to like have to play someone who starts out sort of uh like oblique and unreachable and often uh absent I mean she's absent for the first they're they're talking about her character and she's just not there um
0: it's all their ideas of her yes Yeah, yeah, yeah it's all them projecting what they think she is yeah and to be honest, they have ideas about her that are so strong that they impart on us so strongly that even when we meet her, we think there's, like, duplicity nope, I, and, I like... Agree.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, man. Because she's actually, like, like an incredibly warm presence from the very beginning. Um, dude, I found... I thought... Man, I thought the main character was so unlikable. Yeah. It was, like... Uh, dude, thank God Paula Beer was in the character playing, was was in the movie playing that
1: yeah, character. Yeah, it was perfect. It was a perfect antidote to his. Well, it's, yeah.
0: well, that's what I was saying. Like, if you've ever seen another movie of his, because oh, no, like, I, haven't. Good, I mean, good Lord, like beat to beat, he was like. No, I think it's a really good performance. I, yeah. I completely, uh, here's the thing. I think it's a, com- a completely real performance. Yeah, but it's I don't really think... cool
1: to be, it would be so much fun to be that unlikable. Interesting. Very interesting. Because <laughs> the, the, the plot or whatever of the movie is uh uh these two friends go to stay at kind of like a uh little house that one of their mother owns and they unexpectedly realize they're going to be sharing it with this uh woman. Yes. And then that's I mean that's the pl- you know they're they're try- the the lead characters trying to write a book and everything's just a distraction for him the the beach and the 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 woods and the nature and all these things are distractions for him. And then meanwhile, the titular fire, there's some like forest fires encroaching the area. Um, and uh, it's just a wonderful, uh, I just wish people made movies like this all the time. You know, it's just so, it was just so nice to f- uh, float along and kind of be like, Um, it, I, I felt like watching it was kind of like listening to music. Uh,
0: yeah man my friend Blake I was Blake is the one who told me to watch the, the movie and, mm-hmm. and told us that it would be told me that it would be a good uh, movie to, to talk about on the pod he told me today we were talking about it and he told me that Petzold said that in Germany the idea of like a summer blockbuster doesn't exist, and oh. this was like his idea of like a summer, a summer <laughs> movie. Oh wow. Yeah, man. Uh, uh, a fire is Petzold's answer to summer movies. They don't have summer blockbuster type type films in Germany, and this is Petzold's attempt at one, which is both fascinating and hilarious.
1: Well, I think it's his. That that's, hilarious. That is hilarious. I, I also think it's his, his kind of like version of like a. Like, uh, have you ever seen any like Eric Romer no. movies? Well, he made movies about the seasons, uh-huh. and they're sort of just like people having these issues, like and a season is unfolding. Yes,
0: dude, that this movie like wouldn't exist if the main character had had been able to perceive anything that was going on around him. The movie couldn't exist, and I found it like I'll be honest, like I found it really hard to watch at points. I think I think it's really interesting, like because I do think the performance was really great, really real, and really at points hard to watch. Like I think I think it's interesting, like the um, because there's plenty of people that play unlikable people, but the performance is still really watchable. I personally like had a hard time at moments. No, yeah, his
1: refusal to have fun just went oh my on God, and yes. on and on and deeper and deeper. But you also um what I love so much about the movie is you don't know you don't ever know why he's like that. Yeah. Really. So, you know, as an actor, if it's like not, you know what I'm saying? It's like it's not like something in it's not like an American film where they'd be like this is why he's like this. As I was,
0: I forgot about this until right now. But as I was watching the movie, I was thinking that like the the him is like my deepest shadow fear of what I am, like this complete. Oh, he's not
1: even like a shat. Like I'm not like totally like that, but I have like parts of me are like
0: that. Yeah. So basically, this character is completely unaware of other people's needs around him and the capacity to understand that like other people are going through like very real shit that completely surpasses his need to write a fucking book.
1: Yeah, it's all for the book.
0: And he can't even write the book, and the book is dog shit. Yeah. Um, I... But it, it, it does feel like when he finally tells um, Paula Beer's character that he loved her from the first moment yeah, that, that he was saw the,
1: her. Yeah, the, that, was, that was like... Um, yeah, because the movie totally... It's like you think he's one way, and then three quarters through it's revealed that actually he's been in love with her the but whole time. But you didn't see
0: that? That that he was in love with her? No, I
1: did. But it's like he can't admit it to himself until Yes.
0: Then. It was so like when he said that, it was so earned because we just watched him be this fucking thing for three quarters of a movie and finally like he spoke with like truth instead of shutting down his truth in every fucking moment.
1: Yeah, I I feel like um and then I really like her kind of um her character never, or her performance, she never lost this sense of um, patience. Yes, and openness. Yes, even though this guy is being like a total cunt to her, like always the whole, like, and uh, you know, I also enjoyed. Uh, I'm
0: sorry. Did you find uh, that believable? Because that was another point that I wanted to talk about. Her the way she dealt with him, she was so yes because she was always so open and nurturing mm-hmm. and almost romantically inclined towards him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, where is this coming
1: from? It's Her female intuition, baby, bro. But he's but he was he was charisma free, and she is like, bro. I mean, she's in- incredible, like incredible. Yeah. But he's not charisma free because those moments when he does suddenly become open, you it's like his face changed. Yes, so she is an like she's able to see glimpses of that
0: that's i mean that's a i wish i wish all women were able to see glimpses of that and Uh, dedicate their lives to
1: not all women are (laughs) beautiful slim german uh, actresses
0: yeah but you would think the other ones would be even more inclined in this direction Mm.
1: um what else they like well it was a the the movie was very big on bisexual continuum Oh, my God. Yeah, dude. So
0: very good bisexual
1: stuff you going know, on. Um, so I love... well, I, And the two things I like the best about it, it's like a queer film without being queer. Mm-hmm. And it's a climate change film without being about climate change.
0: Yeah. Yeah, man.
1: So, you know, it's like... It's not moralizing about forest fires, but it's using the way forest fires are disrupting our lives as like a poetic metaphor. Yeah. You know, it's not like, it's not like I wrote the fire is what burns away his ego. Mm. And when it burns him, that that's when he can reveal his, his, his love.
0: Well, yes. But, but also dude, he still has it. Even when at the, at the, after the fire, even after his friends die, Mm -hmm. he still at at the hospital is completely unaware. He like, he like accuses Paula Beer's character of like plotting something with the, with the publisher instead of being like, Oh, the publisher's dying of cancer.
1: But he's changed. Not, I don't I'm know, d- man. I'm, I don't know. I think something was different after that point in the, after the fire.
0: I think something's different after Paul <laughs> Beer is like, you can't see anything going on well, around you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean like, it's like the fire is the thing that causes him to reckon with it. And those scenes, we see him really reckoning with it.
0: Interesting, I honestly, yeah, I honestly thought it was it was more like, my man confessed to loving this woman, and then still, which was a huge thing for him, and then still went back to being his own fucking self-absorbed self. And then she was like, dude, you have nothing to offer the world because all you're doing is thinking about yourself, and your book is still dog shit. And then he had to rebuild himself from there.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Thanks. Dude, I saw so like I said, I saw transit earlier that day mm-hmm. and um it didn't occur to me till I looked up a fire afterwards that it was Pauly Beer in both movies. Oh, Literally yeah, did actor. not think about it.
1: And I'm like, bro, I I looked it up. She's twenty eight years old. I know.
0: Yeah. Amazing. And she has no Instagram. <sighs> she getting nobody's DMs, baby. Come on.
1: Like uh, <sighs> I mean, you know, Nina Haas was the actress that Petzold would use to kind of play the Paula Beer roles when she, you know, and now she's sort of older, but I mean, she's still amazing. She's fucking incredible. Nina Haas? Yeah. Uh, she did these movies with Petzold, mm. uh, Barbara, Yella, Jarrah Chow, Got uh, great fucking movies. But Paula Beer... Yeah, she did Transit, and then she did this movie called Undine. Have you she, seen it? Undine, yeah, where she played and Franz Rogowski's in it yeah. too. She plays like a, she's like a, you know, like a creature from the sea. That Have you comes seen it? To, yeah, it's amazing.
0: God, I haven't seen it yet. That's one of my next <laughs>
1: ones. Yeah, and that that's and sense. that's more on his like, you know, I feel like Petzold, Veer. I mean, he's a very like, he's a very like, social filmmaker. Like, it's really like a social situation. But then, so, which I, I. I I like, but then I i like when he also veers more into um like the romantic territory. And there's this other great movie called Phoenix mm. with Nina Haas that's about like but all of the stuff is like you know, it's like always like post World War Two stuff and just like how this like all affected Germany and how it does but it's just like how he shows how it affects it like interpersonally.
0: Yeah, interesting. I would I I would love to see that. But I love me some romance.
1: Well, they're not really well. You know, you know what I'm saying. It's like they're like a mix between a social thing and like a romance thing, mm-hmm. and um, that's you know where and then you get to like with like German stuff or filmmakers or whatever. You get to like I mean, I really love Fassbender, which is like gothic, camp, opera, like you know, you know. So the the Petzl stuff is in a different category that isn't there's but there's something about him like very attractive to me Mm -hmm. his films yeah and these actors like nina haas paula beer franz Rogowski. um i I mean i just i just think they're like the most real actors in the world like they're they're like the best they're like the they're like what acting is Mm -hmm. they're like the most current form of where like acting is psychologically i think they embody these these three actors and in, in his films yeah dude it's also interesting because like
0: both franz Rogowski and paula beer like we don't know anything about them so I they play it. so they play whatever they play and we project we have nothing to be like oh this is just a part of them
1: they're like actors used to be yeah exactly exactly yeah,
0: yeah exactly um what was I going to say, oh, I, I will say, I was also that day that I watched Transit. But it's where, they,
1: it's where they live, too. I mean, they live in a system that doesn't even have summer blockbusters. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, they don't even have to do that.
0: But they're also choosing not to well, do that. Well, of course that. they are,
1: yes. I mean, I'm sure people in that country do do that. But, like, yeah.
0: But also, like, I wonder, like, I'm, I at this point, Franz Rogowski could probably get an American movie with a much higher budget.
1: That's somebody. That's, exactly. that's what he wants but like, that's exactly
0: what I'm saying so they're choosing it he's fine
1: he has an amazing life <laughs> <laughs> well, how do you know that oh come on, oh, come on. he's Daddy's like Daddy's a beautiful, beautiful, fulfilled looking person
0: dude you sound like that fucking main character <laughs> from uh, A Fire you can't project that on our, our, our guy Franz Rogowski if he's a complicated man
1: well, I'm not saying he's not a complicated man, but I mean So his life is perfect just because he's acting I didn't say his life was perfect But he's so happy I said he was, seems like a whole person <laughs> Yeah, I know, I'm just joking I don't, I don't really care about happy. I don't think about happiness ever That's not true No, I really don't
0: You don't think about happiness ever?
1: It's not a quality that I look for
0: In, in Not a quality you look for in what? Yourself?
1: Not really, I mean like it's a momentary thing
0: but you do, but you, you do things because they could add happiness. You don't do things because you feel overwhelmed. Like these are all things you um, do.
1: I think I maybe do things. I think I would say I lo- maybe look for joy. Okay, but I don't think I look. I don't. I'm not really a, that. I'm not. I mean, I like, I like happiness. Don't I like that's great. But like, it's not something I require.
0: But what about what about the hedonistic aspects of your life? That's hedonism. So what what exactly is happiness? That's pleasure. Happiness is pleasure. No, or hedonism? hedonism is, is pleasure. pleasure. So what, how are we talking about happiness now?
1: Oh, I just think it's interesting that uh, people throw the word around happy around a lot. And I I'm, mo- I'm more interested in wholeness. Sure. Yes, sure. Because right. wholeness that that's what that's what I was saying about wholeness you're like what, you think his life is perfect? I'm like I'm like, no, it seems like he's balanced. How do you know that? I said it seems like he is. Yes, yeah,
0: seems yes, yeah, seems It's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that I'm I'm with that. I agree with that.
1: I'm not saying that his life doesn't include I think conflict is part of balance.
0: Sure. Like ultimately we're we're all after a meaningful life.
1: Yeah. I just, do, well, that's, that's what I'm saying. I'm more interested in like meaning balance, uh, wholeness. I'm not so much interested in happiness,
0: especially if by your definition, happiness doesn't really exist. Cause I'm not actually,
1: as any kind of a, even semi-permanent state. I mean, we're mostly kind of like just, uh, in the middle most of the time. So is,
0: Yeah. Yes, yeah, so happiness, like as we're talking about it, almost seems just like dopamine spiky,
1: yeah, I actually don't like that
0: because it takes you out of your like
1: uh balance.
0: I think when people talk about happiness, they're talking about like a meaningful existence and peace.
1: I think well the then I think they should say meaningful existence and peace. I guess that's true. You don't want all the chocolate? It's just a little thing. come on.
0: Is my mic not recording? Oh, there it is. Um, what I was saying earlier which I've been thinking that I think that a lot of young... I've been spending more time with younger actors. Girl. God, please, girl. I think that like auditioning, acting too, but auditioning especially, unless you're around it, unless you're someone who's like auditioning at a high level and you see it, you don't know the level you're competing against. You don't know like Oh, totally. Yeah. So you don't even know what you're after, what it could look like, what people are doing and what you're literally competing against. And I think like like I think it's really healthy for for people for like young people who like want to act to try to get an agent, try to start auditioning and try to make tapes with actors that are working to actually see the level that people are putting down because you don't know what like you don't even understand. Yes. It seems like a lot of times when people talk about auditioning, it seems like they're like, yeah, like we like, we saw something and we brought him in for a callback. We saw a thing. Yeah. For some people, maybe, but like, man, some people are laying down insane audition tapes and that's what you're competing against. Yeah. Um, and unless you're one or of those. Or
1: you're and like, even if they're not booking it, you're competing for a spot in the casting director's heart or something, mm-hmm. you know, what, or like. No, yeah, the very simple kind of somewhat obvious, seemingly obvious things that you describe that people should be seeking out, they just don't, because they think they should post on uh, Instagram or something. Is that how people, like, realistically,
0: is that mm-hmm. how people, like, young actors are looking to get agents and start auditioning for, like, real projects? I,
1: a lot of the actors that I uh, work with who are younger, um, and... Well, a lot of them are sort of – I think there is a period of – like, you know, most BFA training is completely useless. Let's just – In what capacity? Like, it just doesn't – it's just useless. But they must learn something. Well, yeah. But, I mean, in terms of like you're. I doubt anyone's – I mean, maybe if you're psychologically ready for it and you go to a really, really good program that pipes you right into the industry, then things will – but plenty of people work in their early and mid-20s. They like they're doing higher level jobs and they like suck ass. That's also you know, true. They're completely not ready for it. So I am in favor of this like whether you got a BFA or not. Um I am in favor of like a a period in your twenties where you're like, I'm actually gonna learn how to act. And that might be a period of two, three. Four years that's that's Intermixed with some Professional Experience I I mean it just takes a like I feel like it just takes a long time And it goes back to what we said earlier it's just Like but I do feel like Once you have some Foothold In that Then yeah try to get an agent I mean that's what I did Mm -hmm. I got an agent in Chicago and then And I like Booked my second TV audition, even though I was a fucking idiot and didn't fucking know the fuck I was doing.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: I remember I had a,
0: my old roommate, we were, we were both auditioning and my old roommate had this thing where like, he would always be like. And like, why am I not booking? Why am I not booking? How about and my in my mind, I was always like, dude, because you're just like not that good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you're like you're fine. Like I wouldn't be surprised if you book, but you don't have to book. And um, I remember I had a one of one of my through the ABC Showcase, I met um the the cast one of the casting associates there. Um, we met up, and I was telling her about this thing about how like I was going on this fucking tangent about how like. I feel like so many people are auditioning and think they deserve to be booking, but they're not good enough to be booking and all this kind of stuff. Meanwhile, I'm not booking. And you um, book now, yes, but back then a lot less. Um, and she was like, "Yeah, but how do they like? Unless they're auditioning, how do they get good? Like, how do they learn? So, like, we got to get Steady them in acting. at some point. <laughs> yeah, but it's still a different skill set. And like, I would like the thing is like, I think I had a friend. Um, I have a friend, Lucas. And we, we were always helping each other make tapes in LA. And Lucas was with ICM. And it felt like he was really getting ready to pop. And so every audition that he had, he was like, dude, this is the one. Like, I'm going to pop right now. And so we better make this fucking insane. And I learned so much from him. And I also so learned, learned so much about, like, the level this shit needs to be at. Because I'm competing with Lucas.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I've given up on that. What do you mean? I just don't think that's how things are happening for me. Totally. We're I all think they're just going to come over a period of time from a mix of things like that and interpersonal relationships and my own, mm-hmm. um, my own like boundless sense of artistry that's mm-hmm. very unique to me. Mm-hmm. So again, going back to what I said like on our first episode or something, I'm just like I I feel like I mean you should be doing all of the above. I just you should be trying. You should be taking all your time to develop your artistry and blah, 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 blah all this. And you should also be like, well, I want to go book a, I want to go book like five co stars or whatever, you know, and get going or, tr- you know, and then like. You have I, to be doing both. I know. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, but what I don't understand for the younger people I see, I'm like, all of my first agents and all of my early bookings and all this stuff, they were in like regional markets. Mm. it's like relative you know it's I don't know how it is now but it's relatively easy to get an agent as a 24 year old in a regional market Mm -hmm. It was in 2013 15 etc but you know I had to have a lot of things going for me to get the agent that I got in New York like a mix of credits where I was what I was ready for and like referrals Hmm. Based on long interpersonal relationships, yeah, so I don't know i mean I really don't understand with like the pandemic and the strikes and whatever. I don't get who's taking a twenty five year old with no credits regardless of what program he went to i don't i don't I don't know
0: do pay to meets exist anymore Or is that outlawed they do they do
1: in New York, yeah
0: what is the dude? What my feeling? Because I when I moved to New York and I was trying to hustle my ass off and get an agent, like I did, mad pay to meets. I did too. I'm like, dude, if an agent sees you and you're like, and they're like, dude, this is the best actor I've ever seen in my fucking life. Yeah, they're not gonna be like, um, actually, I met them at a pay to meet, so I'm not gonna sign them. Um, like, the, dude, the thing is, the level, the level <laughs> is like, uh, auditioning is like, uh, like, cause, you, cause you do a scene for them. Like, dude, the the <clears> there's not because we've been to pay to meet classes where you meet. Where you see other actor scenes. Like yeah. it's not like it's impossible to stand
1: out. No, no, no. Yeah. Most of my I mean, I used to do casting director pay to plays and those would Okay we're Thanks, back. Daddy <laughs> to um talk on the phone a little bit quieter because he was really revealing some personal information. Yeah, he's revealing personal information about his relationships with celebrities.
0: Oh, come on, um, the celebrity shagging, daddy.
1: Mm. No friendships.
0: Oh, friendships. Yeah, friendships. I love a good platonic friendship. Come on. Um, oh my God. We were on our fucking roll too, man. We were really getting oh, down to brass we tax, as about? they as they call it, pay the meets. Oh, you um, would
1: no. So, like, I would do cat. I don't do them anymore. I'm not saying I would never do one again, but something so i used to do them when i first moved you know my first year to of course whatever here and you know i was still doing like co-star parts then and they would call, like it maybe it wasn't the same month or something but like within six months or a year i would book with that casting director yeah so then i started shifting to um you know like uh I just I, I shifted my criteria to working with... Because I had been coaching and working with Maria so much. And I saw how important private coaching for auditions was from good people. Um, you know, it's like I, I was like, well, do, you know, like James Scolari seems great. And he's the head of the MFA acting program at Columbia. Like, why don't I make a relationship with a casting director who's also like a major acting teacher. Yeah. Like that's who I want to make relationships with. Yep. And I started working with him and like I, I learn a lot from him every time I work with him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and we're friends. Yeah. And um or like uh Lisa Rothi. Yeah. Lisa Rothi's like a big regional and New York theater director and People had said great stuff about her and I I started working with her and I like I fucking learned something about acting every time I tape an aud- tape an audition or work on a play or something with her. And Dude. So yeah. these people really started like holistically supporting my growth as an actor. Um and they can hire me. Mm-hmm. And I would love and like we have a working Relationship and they respect, know? yeah, and they, then they respect those, your work. And those people also happen to be one degree away from literally everybody else in the entire New York enter, entertainment community. Yeah, man, so I gotta say like, that's, that's one of the smartest strip, things. You know? That's
0: one of the smartest things I've, I've, mm-hmm. se- I've you, you've recommended to me because you've you've um like, but
1: it wasn't from a place of like I'm gonna like get to this casting director. Yeah,
0: right it was because of their acting teacher. Yes. Dude, it, yeah man, it, what you said about like you learning every time you have a private with them, I fully fully agree with man. Like the thing is they can never guarantee you a booking, but if they're if they're really a good teacher. No, but
1: like my auditions are like better beautiful. and beautiful.
0: better and better. Yeah, yes, right. 100%. 100%. That's what when I started working with JJ, my um, my audition coach um When I would get privates with him, it wouldn't exactly be about booking the part. It would be like, you're going to teach me how to audition
1: how you think. So that's why I'm, that's what I was just rebuffing the thing that your friend was saying about like, man, this can be fucking it. Or the emphasis to make it an insane audition. I think you make it an insane audition by working in this really deep way. Yeah, man. And sometimes, and that takes the individual shorter or longer to, access and then there's always more to do like
0: yeah dude yeah i think um what i was saying about him i i did it did feel like it was always the next step but he also had so many auditions that icm would like print him the audition it was so like a strange bougie ass kind of service did he pop um he hasn't yet but i i think he will he's really really good man
1: yeah, really, and I mean, he was also
0: another example. Like when he didn't pop, then I was like, "Man, this is really interesting." Because I believe in him, and he's really, really good. Mm-hmm. And um, I watched, I saw, I watched a movie he did with like big actors, and he was the best one in that movie. And it sometimes it can kind of scare you, being like, "How, how does how how doesn't he pop?"
1: No, I mean, well, uh, yeah, it used to scare me about myself, and then I realized that life is life yes yes baby you were talking about what like the idea of popping or whatever and um i you know when i moved to atlanta and i started like booking all the time and i was getting a lot of like i was just auditioning all the time and um you know i was like (sighs) This year, next, this is the, this is the, it's the recurring guest star year. It's the guest star. There's going to, they're just, I'm just going to book and book and book. Yep. And you know, it just never happened. Um, and then I moved to New York and then I was like, okay, like we're going to hit the round running. And then like I've had every year. or So like something, something does move me forward, but it's not super quick. And it's not really linear. Um, and now I'm taking this entire detour into doing. It's not really a detour, but like a.
0: You're putting your energy in Yeah, a I mean, different I was place. just kind of
1: thinking about. I was kind of thinking about, like, we were rehearsing for the Seagull all weekend, and, you know, we planned to do a, a minimum of. Uh, we planned to do 16 performances, a mm-hmm. minimum, in like April and May. Mm-hmm. And I was just like. You know, I've like ruined my whole life like not doing things because I thought I was gonna book something or because uh whatever. And I was just like, I don't care if I don't get a recurring guest star because I I'm doing this. Exactly. Like, fuck this. I'm tired of this. You know, it's a fool's errand. Yep. To you know, it's like I'm thirty four, I'll be thirty five. That'll be fifteen years since my first job and like theater job and that'll be you know nine years since my first like real on-camera booking and uh which i guess isn't really that long of a time if you really think about it but um you know i'm not gonna keep putting things on hold for that (laughs) and uh you know um yeah, it's just sort of reveal. I mean, not that I don't still want those things. I do want those things, and I want to be a, a a known working actor. But uh, but I don't know what that's going to look like. So at all. so in terms of your where you're putting your
0: energy, how has since you've taken this different approach? how has that act actually shifted? Like, how did you use, where did you used to put your energy before you had adult film, before you were making your own stuff, before you were dedicated to this kind of stuff?
1: I mean, before I was, especially when I've lived in Atlanta, when I first moved to New York, which was, I first, I moved here in 2018. Mm -hmm. Like, if you had told me, if you had told me like, Hey, there's going to be a pandemic and you're not going to work for nine months. Uh, cause that's how long, I think I, I think I did like the equalizer after the same year as the pandemic. But like, you know, it was kind of like, um, you're not going to work for nine months and this is going to throw a whole wrench in the trajectory of whatever. And then, Oh, yet again, two years after that, there's gonna be another six months where there's no, cause that was my identity was so attached to booking or not booking that like, I would have been like, uh, you know, would have killed myself. I don't know. Like, It seems like you were also the kind of, like,
0: from hearing you talk about it, you were also the kind of person that was like, all right, now we're going to do co-stars. All right, now we're going to get guest stars. All right, now we're going to do current. I was never like that. I was the opposite. I was always like, because to be honest, because of how.
1: Well, I was that way because that was what was happening to me.
0: Yeah, I I, I totally feel you. The thing is, like, we have proof. Like, the way that we see ourselves, we have proof of it that's why we have this identity that we have like for me because because the the manager who ended up signing me was this big ass manager who saw me in this very obscure thing yeah to me it made me internalize this idea that like you never know who's watching you never know how fast things can change
1: yeah for me it's like no one's watching until you actually have uh <laughs> made some sort of like strange like three year relationship with them and you and they you put them in the room And it's uh, not going to happen at any moment. It's going to be a long, slow burn over a gradual amount of time. And then I used to, in order to combat the despair about that, I used to say things to myself like, well, like, look, that can change at any time. And now I've given up on all of it, and Mm -hmm. I'm just assuming it's not going to happen.
0: Why don't you not assume anything? Because I don't have any, I don't know.
1: Yeah, man. But I mean it's not it's like a for, it's not detachment or negativity. I'm just like, well I'm I know I'm working on the Seagull mm-hmm. and that's my own thing. Yep. And then I have this thing and it's growing and it's complicated and overwhelming and it's awesome sometimes and um but like and I'm like I have an agent, uh, I have a manager, I audition for good stuff semi-regularly. That's all I know. Mm-hmm. Dude, I'm, we got to do a play together. What do you want to do? Jesus, um, what could we do?
0: Somewhere where there's a lot of gay sex on True c. West. True West. Dude, yeah, man. No. I'll play the brother with the old, uh, I actually don't even remember the plot of True West. You a c- movie? Someone's writing a movie, you could, right? You play the dorky brother. And you're the alpha male? Yeah. Got it, got it.
1: That's how the cookies crumble no, I'm sometimes. joking. I don't want to do that play. Me neither. That was a joke. That was just the only thing I could think of.
0: Um, I don't know, but we should we should do something, I think. We should do Ivanov. Ivanov. <laughs> um, how, about, how about this? Me, you, Ross, and Mia. In a play?
1: Yeah. <laughs> L- long day's journey in night. <laughs> <laughs> I'll play Maritai Rome. Uh, oh, Edmund. Edmund.
0: He's going to catch the summer cold. He's just a summer cold. <laughs>
1: <sighs> um I don't know. There's a whole play of shelf, there's a whole shelf of plays over there we could look at. I'd like to do a Clifford Odets
0: play. I you know how many Clifford Odets plays I've read in my life?
1: <laughs> none?
0: <laughs> Somewhere between 0 and none, baby. Come on. I'd like to do a
1: Clifford Odets play. I would like to do Bar- I mean, I want to do more Williams. I love, love Tennessee like, Williams, to like dude. Die. What about, what if, what if we did uh, um, a... What the fuck's is it? Jesus Sam Shepard?
0: Yes. What if we do a Sam Shepard play that isn't true us?
1: Yeah.
0: Because um, he's maybe like a one act.
1: Yeah. That
0: would be nice. It'd be exciting to
1: act with you. That would be nice. Well, yeah, we can, I guess I can say what the next, where we kind of, do we kind of cover our sort of like, What? nothing david's petting my cat yeah very nice honey
0: <laughs> honey i've shrunk the
1: kids <laughs> oops oh. big mistake <laughs> oops i made the cat uh so you're doing an improv performance on friday
0: yeah on friday i think it's thursday the 10th what is it not it's not is that not the 10th it's
1: friday babe
0: Dude, I don't know how to read or write. Do you know what that's like? No, it's hard to, to navigate anything.
1: Adult film is, is uh, doing a night of dramatic, no fun improv.
0: But there's going to be some fun, fun, funny moments. We're just not going for laughs. We're going to live truthfully in imaginary circumstances, if you and, will.
1: And um, we're pairing it with some film screenings. So this is a new venture for us, and we might, uh, we might fail a little bit.
0: Well, I hope we don't, but yeah, we're going to go hard think, on the paint. I think, I think
1: everything is a failure.
0: Yeah, unless Franz Rogowski comes. Unless Franz Rogowski and Paula Beer are there.
1: But the, I'm. what I mean is like they, their commitment to failure is what makes them amazing. Expound on that, gang. Well, it's like they're so good because they're jumping off of a cliff. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Which is leaving yourself open to failure.
0: Well, yes, but they also have the benefit of um, an editor and, like, multiple tanks. Well,
1: they can't can't, be—they're good in every movie they do. Yeah, they're
0: good. They're good. They're really amazing actors. Yeah. Amazing actors. They're amazing tractors, amazing (laughs) redactors, amazing benefactors.
1: (laughs) This is why you're doing the improv, because you can think of words that rhyme. Uh, Yeah, but there's not going to be any of that. Ma- ma- don't say never so the way that
0: we do that we the way that we do improv is basically <clears> we have a very detailed scenario and then we make choices and we go and there's no pre- like t- like we rehearsed today right we rehearsed today for the performance but everything that was said in the rehearsal like I can never use because I'm just gonna be repeating something and it's it's gonna be completely yeah. fake so we're gonna have to refine not even refine it. it's gonna be completely different yeah that's great yeah, it's exciting, baby. Come on. Um, what else do you, what, what you want to talk about? Should we talk about that um, that fun thing I did this weekend?
1: Should we? I don't know. Uh,
0: is it going to make me feel bad? G- dude, I thought you weren't after happiness. I thought you were after truth and meaning.
1: Yeah, is it going to really fuck my sense of truth and meaning?
0: Um, No, I don't think so. I mean, I don't know. There's also not. There's also not much to say. All that I'm going to say is, I think that I think that Igor is a really smart, good director. I think that he has really, he has some really great ideas. Um, I think it's going to be
1: an interesting play. Um, yeah, we did like two days of rehearse, two like days of rehearsal with most of the cast in uh, the uh, space this weekend for the seagull. For the seagull, amazing. And we're just building our rehearsal period over time and um it was great i yelled at al a lot does al
0: listen to the podcast i don't know dude it's so weird if he doesn't al we do this for you bro yeah al come on yeah al. i'm a libra read the books that i told you to read <laughs> <laughs> it's the podcast where we just
1: bully adult film um alumnus <clears throat> No, but it was it was beautiful. I was really I was really on one. I love that. I love to see you on one.
0: Oh, I went to uh, went to a Ryan class. I went to one of Ryan's classes. Oh, Yeah, what
1: did you think?
0: Um, I think that you're a really amazing teacher, man. I oh. think that you're <laughs> But I also but to be honest, when when I was doing that one act that I had to drop out of, um I also thought that you were a really amazing teacher and amazing leader and um really just just solid. Thought you were really just solid. Um, and I think like, like I told you afterwards, like, I think when you, when you have like these kind of not esoteric, isn't the right word. When you have these, they're abstract, yeah. Abstract exercises. It's really helpful if, if you go first and show and show people. Yeah. And I'm going to do that with, with improv as well, because it's, it's interesting. Cause like when you go to acting class, most of the time the teacher doesn't work in class. Like that seems ridiculous, but like, I don't like, isn't I was kind of
1: like a Western I don't I don't know
0: man but I will say like like when I was telling Ryan like when I go to like I do jiu right and like when we go to class the professor like at the end of class the, the professor, professor rolls with, yeah it's called the professor the professor rolls with um with the students like it is and if the professor doesn't roll with the students you kind of go like what's
1: going on hmm. here um well what did you think about my acting class in terms of uh more in relationship to more, uh, I don't know, standard acting classes.
0: Dude, I don't know what, I don't know.
1: You did kind of drop in in like the middle of it when we're kind of like in the middle of a, of a progression. Yes.
0: Yes. Yes, for sure. But for sure. <laughs> I, it's interesting. I, I've been thinking about how, like, I've been thinking about how hard it is to get good at acting. Mm hmm. And I was thinking about where your class fits in because I do think that you're teaching something very, very specific, and I think it's really important to understand where that fits in to the grander scheme. And I wonder, and I don't know the answer to this. I wonder if your body remembers, and at a time later when they're in a scene, they're like, "Oh, this is this."
1: Yeah, everything we're doing is an imprint. Mm-hmm. Yes, it
0: would be. Fa- I mean, it would be fascinating to watch. Concurrently, if they were in that class and also doing scenes, how some of those things would be implemented and if they were to talk about the rehearsal practice, how they implemented, um, some of the things that you're showing them into the scene, Hmm. into the rehearsal process. Um, but I think what you're, what you're teaching is really, really useful. And I also think what's really useful is like your openness and availability to like be there and to, 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 to show people and talk to people. Hmm. Like when I started, when I started acting in the city, one of the biggest things I had going for me was like, I was the one who would stay after class and talk to the teacher and be like, what do I actually need to do? Like, how do I actually progress? Cause I don't know anything.
1: Yeah. Truly nothing. Well, yeah, I love like, I have this whole like manager side of me. Well, it was why, I mean, that's why I'm building the whole training curriculum. Cause I'm just like, oh, I have all these like interlocking things from all these great people that i've found a study with and it's providing a a centralized uh i mean a training center it's it's a training center yeah 100 percent. i can't wait for your scene study
0: class dude i'm very interested in that just to see i don't know i guess just to see the what happens an exciting scene study class is so exciting dude yeah in a Boring scene study class is really fucking boring.
1: Yeah, um, which that's like every class in New York. I don't know. I haven't taken a class in New York in a while.
0: And that's not me. That's Jesus Christ fucked up.
1: <laughs> I, I used to take a lot of classes.
0: You ever you ever study with um Deborah Hedwall?
1: I did. First? I Deborah's uh, she's a great teacher. Mm. She's hardcore. She's old school, as they say it.
0: Oh, can I just say? To anybody listening? I just I just saw Sea um, Guts at the actor Studio. Oh yeah, and Why I was di- telling Ryan about so this. So
1: Ethan was talking to me about it. Why didn't you tell me it was a one man adaptation of the Seagull? Um, because I'm a bad boy. You know what I mean? Why did what? Why didn't you tell me that?
0: Because it didn't occur to me. One, and it didn't occur to me until I was in the show, and I was like, what? What play is this? Kind of similar to? Is this kind of Chekhov esque? Um, but then it just didn't occur to me.
1: Didn't you say that? Um. A f- the Petzold film, A Fire, was something about Chekhov? I mean, it's rather Chekhovian, but like, did you say it was...
0: Blake told me, yeah, Blake told me <laughs> that it was some kind of a Chekhov, uh, ins- maybe inspired... I don't remember, honestly. Mm, I but go- that kind of tracks to me. Well, the There's story, it's on.
1: Chekhovian. I mean, yeah. Chekhovian,
0: that's a thing. Um, it is. Dude, I know. I'm a, I'm a scholar, dude. That's the title
1: of our documentary.
0: The Chekhovian Scholar-Athlete?
1: No, it's Chekovian. Oh, come on.
0: But yeah, so I saw this thing at,
1: at the actor studio called Seaguts with um
0: Michael Aronoff, and it was incredible. Incredible, incredible. Like if there's very few people on this earth that can do what he did. Um I went with Lucas, we were both fucking blown away. And afterwards, man, he came out really soon like to to mm-hmm. I I have I haven't been so nervous to shake another man's hand in so long. Um yeah man it was it was incredible very very inspiring great um so if anyone's i highly recommend this show
1: i watched a movie about emily bronte what's up with her what's Bob her? <laughs> well she died, she died she <laughs> died she died from drinking water that was contaminated by uh the decomposing bodies in the graveyards near her house mm, that sounds kind of like a heart thing huh <laughs> Sounds like a what? Like a her thing. Uh, It's so Emily. It's so Bronte. That seems a kind of her problem, though, right? (laughs) Because the graveyard has been leaking all over everyone's water, right? No, she, she, they lived, her father was, like, the town Parson, so they, like, lived next door to two graveyards. Mm. Seems like Parson Christ fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I watched it because I guess I'm going to say this now. Tell us, Daddy. So our we decided that our next uh, big production after The Seagull is going to be Wuthering Heights. Oh, amazing. That's fucking amazing. Um, That's so cool. I love that. So, yeah, and it's going to be directed by... You. No. Mark Stroganoff. It's going to be directed... Who? I don't know who that is. This is why you're so good at improv. I am kind of drunk now, man. Um I have eaten today. Stroganov. That seems like a real person, right? <laughs> it does. You gotta Google who that is. It's the it's Michael Aronoff's cousin. Mark <laughs> ah, Stroganov. Mark Stroganov. Um It's gonna be directed by a very special friend of adult film that I can't name yet. James Calera. No. Don't stop guessing. Jonathan Nickelbutt's. <laughs> you, you guessed it you talking about the Roman Emperor Caesar <laughs> it's going to be directed by a very special friend of adult film so what happened was <laughs> this very special friend was reading Wuthering Heights and I was like oh I've, I've never you know I've read Jane Eyre but um, I've never read Wuthering Heights mm. and Camille Paglia has an essay about Wuthering Heights, Mm -hmm. which I've read that before. But, um, I read Wuthering Heights and I was like, Oh, this is like my favorite book or one of them anyway. And you know, this very special friend that was reading Wuthering Heights, she was like, Oh, you'd be a, they would were like, um, you want me to edit that out?
0: (laughs) Am I going to have to go back in the edit for that one?
1: (laughs) No. (laughs) She, they was like, uh, you'd be a great Heathcliff.
0: Yeah, you would be a great Heathcliff.
1: And they were like, uh, if you adapt it, I'll direct it. Mm. I was like, are you serious? And they're like, yeah. So um, I'm going to adapt it. And I'm going to play Heathcliff. And Wuthering Heights is Mia's favorite book. She's going to play Catherine. Amazing. And I'm going to do like a one-hour experimental adaptation of it. And it's just like so adult film. Yeah, that totally is, man. That's it's all awesome. The, it's like all the themes of adult film. um, in one piece. Yeah, man. I, t- yeah, that's really, and really it's public cool. domain, you know? So it's, it's like we can do a big production and it's not like we're doing something illegally or fucking with it or something like that. Yeah. So that's, um, that's exciting.
0: That is really, really cool. I love weathering heights. Um, <clears throat> I love Tom, Tom Hardy and, um, Charlotte Riley and weathering heights, the movie. Incredible. Oh, they did one. Oh my God. Incredible. Yeah man, I used to I went through a phase where I was obsessed with Tom Hardy and watched everything he did. And his early stuff mm-hmm. like in England was unreal. He's so so good. I mean, obviously he obviously still is, but like mm-hmm. that was it was just, you know, there's no blockbusteriness to it.
1: He's on the bisexual continuum. Man,
0: shut the fuck up, bro. He's a little gay whore. Dude, he's not a gay whore. He's only had sex with women and some select men. But I don't know that. But also, that's my idol. And if I ever meet him, I didn't say that. And also, he trains jiu-jitsu now. So if I ever compete against him, I also didn't say that.
1: I mean, like, daddy could, daddy could destroy. Dude, dude shut up! What, dude? You're you don't like hearing this? Dude, you don't right? like hearing about actors? No, because it's so tempting from their strong because undercurrent of bisexuality. Bro, my
0: heterosexuality is hanging by a literal. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I hear this talk, man, I'm so tempted. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so yeah, Wuthering Heights. Where I do, I'm having so much fun. I don't want this to end, bro.
1: Let's keep talking.
0: Well, I don't know what else to talk about. What else, acting? What what else, acting-wise, bodybuilding-wise, bisexuality-wise?
1: <sighs> I'm a pathetic fat
0: pig. Oh, Daddy Jones. <laughs> <laughs> it's making my heterosexuality weaken even me. more i'm
1: gonna i just ordered mishima's sun and steel which is his book about bodybuilding it's like an essay about bodybuilding
0: i had to say mishima's <laughs> name recently in something but i don't remember what
1: mishima fuck
0: So an audition that i really cared about that i clearly didn't get um, okay, very cool bro. I love that. Mishima had a crazy life, man. He he like killed him he he killed himself. Yeah, he with a samurai sword. Seppuku, yeah. Insane. He yeah,
1: was man. uh Tennessee Williams loved him. Yeah, I'm not uh Yeah, I mean I'm just so busy with adult film, i d I don't have a life. Yeah, he's drama so busy <laughs> that he dropped out on the fucking improv thing on Friday. I did because I'm we're doing a play in like three weeks and it's too it's too much for me.
0: Yeah, that sounds like it's three weeks away. And I thought improv is something little that you just show up to and it's whatever. I thought it's just for fun.
1: No, it was, it's it's not that. It was the time commitment for rehearsals. Oh, the rehearsals. Because I have to take care of my health. Oh, honey.
0: he's got to take care of his health.
1: <laughs> I you know, do. I'm the, very fragile and delicate. Instead, bro,
0: Stella Adler said that an actor doesn't get sick.
1: Well. And yeah, because yeah, because they take care of themselves. And I knew that going to those rehearsals would break my balance. That's exactly what I said. Oh.
0: Yeah. Um, have you seen I know we've talked about this before, but have you seen have you watched the Marlon Brando um documentary? The talk to me Marlon thing, yeah. or what is it called? Listen to me, Marlon. Yeah, it's like it's like listen to me, Marlon. And my mother was. And my mother was a. She was a. But have you? But have you seen it? My mother was a drunk. Have you seen it? Shut the fuck yeah,
1: up. Yeah, I have seen it.
0: Some of it's so amazing and so inspiring. I agree. When he's like, "You gotta make them put the popcorn down." The truth will do that. I yeah, love that shit. That yeah, fucking. Yeah, I love that got, shit. You gotta make them put the popcorn down. So Marlon Brando has this thing about how like how you gotta. <clears throat> He, man, I, I want to honestly give you the time codes, but Listen to Me, Marlon's amazing for actors listening to this, dude. That
1: that Shit, we should have rewatched that. Because I, I saw it like six years ago.
0: So maybe next time, Listen to Me, Marlon. Um... Listen to Me, Marlon.
1: And then we can just talk like Marlon Brando for the whole episode. <laughs> Marlon Brando's my favorite thing to talk as. I do it all the time
0: all right dude we're at an hour um i think that's that's kind of sexual i situation. thought you were having fun i am I having dude, i could keep going stop. but i'm the one who you're gonna be like hey could you actually take that thing out hey could you re-edit this thing that you've already posted and like take out this thing because like i didn't know what i was doing then and like yeah i couldn't be trusted dude well i don't know Are you i trust was under really the now? influence dude let's talk about There's- peter rinaldi dude
1: yeah, Peter Rinaldi's amazing. I so love him, man. A friend, Peter Rinaldi, at the Back to One podcast, it's, dude. That's my favorite fucking podcast, man. It's the only sensible podcast. Yeah, about, man. Peter about, Rinaldi about interviews
0: the, actors, and he gets them to talk about like actual process and actual stuff I've never heard them talk yeah. about. And he ever. asks,
1: like, Peter is, um, Peter will be making his stage acting debut in the Seagull, dude. He's playing Shamrayev. Did you not know that?
0: Uh, can I be honest with you? Mia told me that today. And can I be even more honest with you? Mm-hmm. I don't even remember the seagull. Girl. <laughs> I'm saving it for your performance. I'm not reading that shit.
1: That's fine. I mean, he's playing a supporting role in the seagull. There's no small actors, bro. I mean, there's no small parts. I know. It's Chekhov. Every part's great. Yeah.
0: Every character in Chekhov has enormous penis.
1: Enormous what? Pianos. What penis? Uh, (laughs) um, what were we talking about, dude? I think we need to end this before I have to uh, do three hours of re editing, bro. Um, what were Peter Rinaldi? Oh, yes, so he's um, he's making his acting to be on the seagull, and he's just so um, the questions he asks actors. I think it would take like a lot of actors I know aren't even like perceptive enough to be able to think those questions to ask about things. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. Unfortunately, like they don't approach things with that kind of like openness and curiosity. Yeah. Probably because I mean, he's, he has a history as a filmmaker, but so many actors only have, they're just like, I'm just doing acting. And they don't have these like other, whether it's writing or filmmaking or even something totally
0: different. But it's Peter like, Rinaldi, to me, man, he asks like amazing acting actor. Yeah, I know questions. that's what that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but to me, if an actor can't think that way, then I go like, what do you think acting I is? Think that way. No, I I agree. It's also so interesting. To it goes back to like this idea of like. Actors not knowing the level that other people are competing at, but mm-hmm. also there are some people that aren't that good that are working and it's a fucking mind fuck. There aren't some people. I would say that most people, I don't think so. You don't. I think the thing is, I think, I think this, I think there's a lot of good, <clears throat> theoretically good actors that mm-hmm. can't, that can't carry the weight that some lesser actors carry. What? Like, I think that realistically, if you if you take take someone from like a like a charismatic kid mm-hmm. who got a CW show somehow, mm-hmm. good looking kid, God bless he's on a CW show. Mm-hmm. He's not a better actor than someone who graduated <clears throat> from an MFA program. And yet, okay. you put them side by side and you go like, Well, I don't know, man. I understand they graduated from an MFA program, but one of them, like, is insanely watchable and the other is kind of not. Yeah, sure. But that's like. But, like, the the, <clears throat> the capacity for, like, that watchability, I also think, is a developed skill set. I do. No, yeah,
1: I, I agree. Yeah. And some people have that naturally, and some people don't. Yeah, and some people have elements of it, and they have to work at it. Yep. And, like, I think I, I had to. Me too. I mean, there's lots of things about me that are, like, you know, just because of the structure of my face and whatever. It's, like, suited to camera or whatever. But, like, I had to... Yeah, I had to work on my physical presence a lot. But it's
0: all that, but it's also like like a certain twinkle in someone's eye. Yeah, of course. But you can develop that. But actors a lot of actors that are serious actors don't even there's they're they're fucking self serious actors. Yeah. If you're self serious, it's it's something
1: it's something you need to be like there should always be like, you know, I kind of I mean I think most of the time you can only work on one thing at a time. Yes. And it's like you're developing a part of yourself or a part of your craft, like one thing at a time. And there's always going to be some new thing to go further into or go farther with. Um, like, you know, it's just like when I was turning 30 and I was, I was like found myself caught in all these like horrible, like bad guy of the week parts. Not that I'm saying I won't do them again, but, uh, that wasn't all I wanted. And I had to like actively develop other... You know, I, I mean... I, I think previously I hadn't been ready to show people other sides of myself. I mean, I, I, I guess I hadn't because I didn't. And then I had to accept that. I had to accept that I was like hiding something. About my... Like... Uh, my child-likeness or my... Or, like, openness in my sexuality as opposed to, like, the menacing side of my sexuality and, you know, stuff like that. Right. So.
0: Right. When you watch yourself from several years ago
1: acting in, in films. hate it. You hate it? No, I don't hate it. I realize it's all right. But I really don't have anything. There are elements and pieces of things that I have that I... I like, I don't have, and you know, I've done a lot. So it's like, I don't have a lot that I'm even more, even, even like things I've directed myself or filmed or whatever. It's like, since I've done those things, even if it's just 18 months ago or two years ago, I've advanced so much that I'm just like, I wouldn't, I would not do that now. Yeah. So I've changed a lot in the past, like two and a half years. Yeah, more than my entire previous uh, life, life or 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 acting life. Anyway, and um, so you know, it's fine. There's like stuff. I mean, I think the the oldest thing I have in my reel is from 2018, and I'm like, that sucks. I mean, it's fine, it's fine, but like, it sucks for me now yeah yeah man i feel you amazing like i was acting yep you know and i just wouldn't do that now and it takes a really long time to develop other it takes a long time to attract those new projects and the people and it takes a long time to get the footage and so i don't have a re, a uh I have a reel that like I, I think about 50% of it is somewhere kind of near me, but isn't really me. So I don't know. Yeah.
0: Um, there's, I mean, there's, I mean, there's definitely some things that, that I look at and I'm like, Jesus Christ. But there's also some things that I've done in the past that I'm like, damn, God bless. Mm hmm yeah, man, it's, it's, it's interesting. Like there, yeah, man, there's a, there's a couple things that like the, the thing that, that my manager signed me for, I look back at and I was like, it's a really good, really yeah. real moments, really good, really real moments. And the thing is I could never, I would, I mean, I was like 24, like I could never, I really committed to, mm. to really personal choices and I really lived and it's there, it's printed. Um, And I, I, uh, I think like that, that lifetime movie that i did I
1: think it was great movie. yeah sure
0: um and that was years ago and there's other things
1: that i did that i'm like jesus that's acting since then oh yeah, yeah, yeah um it's hard not to the network shows really oh yeah set you up to oh act yeah oh, your yeah. face off
0: oh yeah dude yeah dude
1: um and that's most of what i've done I've done fairly little of that. That's like 75% of what I've done.
0: Yeah, man. Wrap us up, big dog. Um
1: going into another week of uh, wonderful activities. Right, we need these five-star
0: reviews, dog. Acting. A- Come on, bro. Some more energy.
1: Um, it's late. It's 1030. Yeah, but it's they could be listening at 1030 in the morning. <clears throat> so it'll give them an atmosphere. True. True. I stole some more of your chocolate while you were away. It's I
0: gave it freely, baby. Thanks. That's very generous. You're a generous dude. I gotta say, that's one thing about you that I really like. You're a generous dude. You're very generous with, um, with, um, the the people who you really buy into, you really buy into. I like this.
1: Thanks. You're welcome. Thank you. Because I'm one of them. (laughs) Yeah, I'm generous with my boxed wine. That's what's up. That's your third glass.
0: You want to edit this podcast?
1: (laughs) (laughs) No. All right. Maybe maybe my cat can edit it. That's what's up.
0: (laughs) All right. <laughs> um we love you very much. No matter what time of day you're listening to this, um if you like this podcast, please give us a little five star rating no matter where you're listening to it. Uh, maybe write us a little review, tell us what's what, baby. Come on. Um
1: and um tell us I mean ask us questions. I don't know. Yeah. Anything you want to hear be some, anything. Be meandering. Mm. Okay. Good night. We love you. Bye.